Hello, I'm Jason Solomons and welcome to Seen Any Good Films Lately, the podcast bursting with film recommendations and TV tips from the best in the business. Well, RuPaul, we watched it last week. I mean, it's a sort of family ritual with my kids and I just was so charmed. My guest on this edition is London Film Festival Artistic Director Trisha Tuttle, who's about to walk a hundred red carpets as the BFI London Film Festival kicks off its 65th edition here in London. Trisha takes us through the movies that made her and formed the artistic sensibilities of the woman now in charge of the UK's largest film event, heralding 12 days of movies and filmmakers from all around the world in and around the South Bank. Yep, first Bond and now the London Film Festival. Cinema is back, baby. Before we hear from Trisha and ask if she's seen any good films lately, and frankly, if she hasn't, it'll be a crap LFF, I'd just like to mention some British telly I've been enjoying. I'm looking for Jack Morris. He's no good for you. He's got important work to do. They're gaining power up and down the country. told you to stay away. Are you anti-fascist or are you not? An anti-fascist fights. Go in, get it done, get out. We've got to get ahead of them, Vivian. Are you frightened of me? Who? Caught in the middle of a fascist march. Who are you, really? We have to act now. I know what you are. We don't know anything. That's the sound of BBC drama Ridley Road, now on iPlayer and taking us back to London 1962, where you'd expect it to be all pop songs and coffee bars. But instead, it's the sound of fascists marching and Zieg Heiling on the streets. The drama tells a story I didn't know about a group of Jewish activists called the 62 Group who worked covertly to thwart the rise of the National Socialist Movement led by Colin Jordan, played here very creepily by Rory Kinnear, and his gang's vicious attacks on Jewish synagogues. It's a true story, but set around the fictional figure of Vivian Epstein, who's a nice Jewish girl from Manchester who comes to London and gets a job in a Soho hair salon run by Tamsin Althwaite, before being drawn into the world of fascist thugs and Jewish resistance. It's written by Sarah Soleimani, and it's very well done, fascinating for being such recent history where you wouldn't believe it. And it's got a great cast, including Eddie Marsden, Tracy Ann Oberman, Sam Spiro, and introducing newcomer Agnes O'Casey as Vivian. And when I see a new star, I like to say hello and bring it to your attention. So as you're about to have a watch of this very fine TV drama, let's meet Agnes O'Casey. It's really unbelievable. It gave me everything I would possibly want to have done. From an acting perspective, from a sort of nerdy acting perspective, you get to play two different people. I always thought of Vivian as, you know, she discovers she's a great actress and you sort of watch her play this other person. Yeah. It makes it so interesting because you can be such a full person because she can sort of explore parts of herself through this other person So because even well. when you're Jane, you're still... Vivian. Vivian. But exactly. you're Vivian being Jane. So it's like, yeah. even for an actress, it's actually another level of, there's a third level in there somewhere. Totally. Exactly. Which is just great fun. And, you know, how to think about your body, how she moves, it speaks, you know, that is amazing. And also she just grows up. You watch her grow up throughout the four episodes, even though I think it's only two weeks, but what she goes through is so phenomenal that. Is that only two weeks? Stuff. God, I didn't, didn't really sort of notice that. Did you know the story? No, not at all. 
Me, I, ne- um, me neither. I, I, and I, I feel I'm, I'm a, I'm older than you, and b, I'm, I'm Jewish. So I, yeah. I, I, I figured I should have known it, but apparently, I, it's not my fault. I didn't know it. No, no. Ex- well, exactly. No one I speak to knows it, other than you know the people that were involved. I didn't know it at all. And then, yeah, you go on such a, a, a crazy like once you start looking into it, and you see, you know, there's a footage of Colin Jordan's wedding. He comes out and Hiles and they're all in clothes that you know you see our grandpa my grandparents wear and in you know it's it's just so jarring to see I knew a little bit about Oswald Mosley and the black shirt and I sort of thought that that was like a a fringe thing that had died down in but but no which is one more reason I'm so glad it's coming out and I'm really looking forward to the conversations people start having I hope I, well, I think people will be shocked to see swastikas in Trafalgar Square in the 1960s. I said, well, how can this be? We just won the war. It was still like, you know, you wouldn't dare. The, going back to the 60s stuff, I mean, yeah. for Jewish, non-Jewish, whatever, surely into a hairdressing salon in the 60s. What a laugh. So much fun. I love that that element is in the, you know, in the writing. Because, yeah, she has this passion. And I was so excited to get they We filmed that at the end. And I was like, you know, constantly in these bunkers, surrounded by men, see hiding. I was like, "Get me to the hairdressers! I just want to film those scenes for one second." Can I, you know, and it was so, so fun. And those scenes are great, and Tracy Tamsin's great, and you know, those characters are really fun. She's perfect. Yeah, I mean, you know, and uh, I can't. I don't know who the other actress is. She's hilarious. Uh, She's so funny. Hannah one. Trailen. Is that, yeah, yeah. She's brilliant. Yeah, funny walk. Yeah. She's so good. <laughs> she just walks in, and says exactly the right thing. I know. Yes, that was that is really exciting. I love doing that. So, <laughs> what are you going to do? When you're going to watch it Sunday night? Where you're, you're going to be? Everyone's coming around to watch. What's how are you yeah. going to do it? Yeah, well, we're, we're trying to get some of the cast together to come over and watch it because you know it feels like it'd be nice to have a little thing. I have a little dream about getting a little square of red so we can sort of have a little red carpet. Do you know, it was a little joke. Mm. Everyone stands on the square and. Because, you know, I, I think it'd be nice to celebrate it. I'm so proud of it. I really well, I don't am. blame you. It's bloody good. Yeah. And will you go down Ridley Road itself? Have you been down Ridley Road yeah, and wandered I've and thought? Down, yeah, walk down it. Well, I mean, it's not near me, but I, I did walk around. It's not far. It. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, get, you just wander and look, say that I... Did you shoot? Did you actually shoot in in, ta- yeah, in London? Where did you shoot? It was all in Manchester. It was all in Manchester. Wow, it does look. Yeah, it's quite hard to find all that stuff still in London. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it would have been really hard. And I think in Ridley Road itself was in Ashton, and they just sort of totally recreated all the shots had new fronts and stuff, which was, was amazing. Well, look, yeah. congratulations delighted oh. for you uh, I hope you get to watch it and in, enjoy it and oh. you know and I hope it does great things for you I presume it already has oh, thank you well, yeah I don't know maybe we'll see it, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like I'm sort of being ripped like I, we'll see what happens yeah well I've seen it you. I've given you a good review and you've been on my show now so I don't I, really there's nowhere else to go it's all done <laughs> <laughs> Agnes Casey, lovely to meet you congratulations well done thank you And Ridley Road is on BBC One on Sunday nights, or all of it is there to binge on iPlayer now. Okay, it's time to meet Trisha Tuttle and her choices and memories of a life in film and what to watch out for at the London Film Festival. I'm putting on my best outfit for it and heading down to the South Bank for it. And it should be a very 
exciting couple of weeks of top-class film buzz in town. And when I caught up with Trisha just before the festival began, I remarked that, although she managed to take the festival virtual last year during the pandemic, it just didn't feel right for me, and that I'd really badly missed the warm, cinematic London embrace of the LFF. Yeah, well, we we missed you too, Jason. <laughs> when we really missed the audience, and I think we, you know, we did have in cinemas programming, BFI Southbank, and then our venues that we worked with around the UK, who are so fabulous, and they're coming back this year for the program. But it was, you know, not the same experience as having multiple screens running simultaneously in London, and loads of people seeing different films on different screens, and that sort of that. Um, you know, the dialogue that happens between screens. I, I really missed that a lot last year and, and welcoming filmmakers here too. So it's great to, to be back. Uh, and we brought some of the things that we loved about last year into this year's model as well too. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting, isn't it? That it, it helped. I, I was initially a bit sort of wary of London Film Festival not being in London and being around. Then yeah. I think actually, you know, Wimbledon tennis is, is a nationwide thing, even though it happens in London. And the better, yeah. the more that the nation is aware that there's this world-class film festival happening it, it can help grip the nation and share it so I think it's better for the culture yeah and I, I I agree I mean I've had that question a lot about can you still call it the London Film Festival but you know I mean we have a tradition of other arts culture and sports events which are have a location mm. in their name which are still very much you know embedded in that whatever that that physical home is, but that do have access UK wide. And then even with events like Sheffield Dockfest has been touring for more than a decade really successfully. Glasgow Film Festival last year, um, you know, was available, was supposed to be available across the UK, but sadly the cinema's closed. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take away the specificity of that event. And the heart is still very much going to be in London at the, around the South Bank. You said welcoming filmmakers. Filmmakers mm. are coming. This is is, mm. this is all yeah, definitely definitely it's um I mean it's you know we still have the sort of red list countries which sadly are lots of Latin American Central American filmmakers um who can and Caribbean we've got some Caribbean films in the festival this year so we can't we won't be able to welcome those filmmakers um to the festival but there are loads of people coming I'd say it's probably half of what we would expect in a normal year but it's still a great um uh, array of, of of incredible filmmakers from around the world you got your outfit sorted out no god no i don't i'm panicking about that i need to figure out what i'm gonna wear this i always panic on the last weekend and, and figure it out okay good i, I just want because it's a lot of outfits you've got to do a lot of forward facing stuff it's a lot of outfits it is a lot but luckily i have some things from last year that hopefully only the bitches will point out that they've seen those outfits like you jason <laughs> moi listen i'm moi. gonna say, i'm gonna say that they're, they're looking big on you you've just got lost so much weight with your fitness regime <laughs> exactly exactly the jogging no no i'm gonna figure i'm gonna figure it out no uh, but that is the one thing that's always like i leave till the last minute what are you excited about i mean this is awful because it's not i'm not asking you to select children favorite yeah. children at all but i mean are there any strands or events that you're excited about particularly maybe because it's this year or that you've managed to yeah like, personal favorites you've hauled over the line and insisted on you know you're not going to pin me down to say what my favorites no. are because I, I can't do that but i'll say some events screening some things that are going to feel really big and really fabulous that I'm excited about well absolutely the opening night the harder they fall um you know London filmmaker no one's seen it yet I cannot wait for people to see it because um the, the harder they fall is going to 
raise the roof at Royal Festival Hall. It's so much fun. It's really witty, cine literate. Um, it's really playful and incredible music. And um, James Samuel, the director, is um, otherwise known as The Bullets, the musician. But he's made such a sophisticated debut feature and he's a Londoner. So I can't wait for that night. I'm and- thrilled because I don't know it at all. I don't know him. And I, I sort of don't know what to expect. I'm leaving that one for a surprise. So I'm glad you've chosen that. And it is packed full of stars. Um, and I can't say right now who is going to be there, but there are going to be so it's lots of those stars are going to be there on the night. So it's going to be a great red carpet as well, too. And I'm also really, really excited about um, the world premiere of Craig Roberts' um, Phantom of the Open. It's really great. We had the world premiere of Eternal Beauty, and it's great to have him back. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's Another really playful. Another level for him, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Sally Hawkins and Mark Rylance. And it's um, really sort of sweet, funny. It's one of the few comedies this year as well, too. I, may I say, I, mean, I think it's a quite an unusual LFF selection because it's a golf comedy you know yeah but exactly. it's uh, classic British stuff Ealing style totally and you know what it's not that unusual we have the whole team have sort of crazy favorites I mean one of my all-time favorite films is um, Joe versus the Volcano and I think this has like a tiny bit of that sort of quirky charm to it it's as well too. fantasy in it yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah, terrific exactly Very good choice listen i'm gonna to say to you seen any good films lately but I, that's a, the weirdest question i've ever asked anyone as a guest on the show because you've clearly <laughs> seen like 400 <laughs> films lately. absolutely and also you know the crazy thing the seen any good films lately is yeah i've seen all of them in my festival but also i go you know from the time we lock the program till the time the festival starts I'm just so busy I don't get to see much more unless I'm seeing something as possible late edition or unless I'm you know viewing something for a distributor that I couldn't couldn't talk about so it, it is a bit of a drought period for me in terms of what I view so I've got a, I've got a crackers one for you today yeah probably. go on then what well RuPaul um UK Season three. Season I mean, three's just started, right? Oh, yeah. We watched it last week. I mean, it's a sort of family ritual with my kids and um and we we started it last week. And I just was so charmed um by se- season two. I mean the whole I think the whole of the UK really it was, was, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. It brought everyone together in a in a really, really lovely way. I thought the first series was sort of bitter and I didn't I didn't like it at all I really thought there was a lot of sort of you know nastiness and infighting and bitchiness and it was so last year it just felt really like what we needed Mm. and I think I'm feeling the same vibes this year I think they're all going to be really supportive of each other and I think there's some great characters there Victoria Scone First cisgender um, character. Do you watch it? Are I did. Yes, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. In fact, she's uh, fabulous. She's fabulous. The, I mean, some of the names were great, weren't they? I, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just about to quote one. I can't remember. Like Charitza May. Charitza May. That was the. <laughs> we laughed. Charitza May. Brilliant. What a great person he is. <laughs> I know. I love Charitza May. Um, Charitza is one of my favourite uh, queens on the show. So, and they're also, you know, I'm really looking forward to some of the guest stars. Like Kathy Burke's going to be on. Is she? I yeah, read. Yeah, Graham exactly. And, um, Graham Norton was on the first one, and and Oti Mabusi is going to be one of the guest judges as well, too. So, no, but like, it, I, I think people, um, you know, it does unite the nation. And I mean, Rupert yeah. won Emmys, I think, didn't he? Uh, for for the the format. I'm wondering where it goes. But, you know, we had Jamie, as you say, premiering at the Royal Festival Hall. Yeah. Drag is it, 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 it's going to be something that you're kind of be looking at for the festival in the future. There's going to be drag 
films i'm sure that are kind of i don't know there are some famous ones but there's going to be another one surely because it's obviously hot right now as a as a genre i mean i guess you know, you know this, the industry tend to play it safe so i guess people will look at how jamie works um and that will be something that you know i i mean there have been drag films before mm. um drag tv shows i mean pose is is really terrific um pose, sort of tra- yeah. trends in drag um, balls. I think Pose is the sort of high, is a serious high point as well too. Oh, amazing! I think Pose is, is tremendous, especially, especially the first two seasons. I think the third one's a bit rushed for me. It's like yeah. cramming it all in, but they're still amazing in it. You've got TV in the sh- in the festival. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's the first time, but it feels like it's like a major. I can't wait for Succession season mm. three. It's going to be look great. We're screening Succession series three, first two episodes in Royal Festival Hall, so it's going to be a really unusual, you know, sort of once in a lifetime way to see that that series um and people are really excited about it i mean it's one of my favorite television shows as it is for so so many people and i can't that's going to be another big big night for us i think lots of the lots of the cast are going to turn out and of course it is another sort of brit success story with jesse armstrong um the showrunner and you know just such a clever clever writer the writing in that is just world world class so really ensemble that you were just do some of those lines and so many so many Brits in the cast as well mm-hmm. I don't know if it was your first TV in the festival probably under your aegis it might be how 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 heated or strong is the debate as to whether to bring it in you know it, I, it, I have it, it as a critic do, do I do TV as I love RuPaul yeah. and I love Succession yeah. where, where's the line anymore well I think that that's part of the, the the point is like where where is the line anymore I mean the way we watch things is really different the way that artists and writers and directors move across really comfortably from long form mm. or film um, theatrical intended for theatrical release films which are intended for platform release um, long form series and even the series it's like there's so many variations on how how many episodes there are how long they are there's no sort of standard format to that kind of long form storytelling anymore so there's a real continuum I think it feels very comfortable for us it also isn't the first time even in my tenure I mean we've been having a major series and Claire Stewart started it really we had um, Mindhunter the world premiere of Mindhunter Black Mirror uh, world premiere of, uh, I think it was series three of, of the first episode, uh, first and second episodes of that. And then we had the little drummer girl at the festival in 2018. So we've had a major series every year, but the moving to a more expensive program is new this year. And it's been in something that's been in my plan since, since the early start. And it also mirrors what the BFI do. I mean, lots of people, film is in our name, but in our charter. Um, and it has been the case for decades and decades that television is also um, part of our remit and we have the biggest collection in the world of British television in the archive and we also have um, year-round great year-round television and series programming at BFI Southbank so it felt really natural doesn't feel controversial to me I mean you know this is the world that we live in oh, and we're showing the great work and don't forget last year you had Steve McQueen which exactly was a, exactly was a, a movie or a tv series I don't know it yeah, was up for no, Emmys and BAFTA TV so I you know it was it was blurred already even Definitely. though I think even though I think two at least two or three of them are sort of film masterpieces um that's the that's the one thing I would miss about about last year is not being able to sort of celebrate what an achievement that was yeah with, in person with with Steve McCoy. I know it was great to open with Mangrove and then have Lover's Rock play on the final day of the festival and the BFI Southbank actually I'll get a plug-in are doing a whole weekender 
of all of the films on this big screen. So people who want to see them large can head for that weekend. There you go. Set you up and you finished it. Like Emma Thank Raducani's you. Thing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're going to be in the cinema a lot. What's the first yeah. film you ever saw at the cinema? God, first film I ever saw at the cinema. I, I really think it's hard to remember because I saw a lot of movies when I was a kid. My dad was a massive, you know, pop cinema fan. Where so was this? I saw... This is in North Carolina, um, and we used to go to the movies like, you know, at least once a week, if not twice a week. I think Paper Moon might have been the first film that I, and he took me to see that. Um, but great Peter Bogdanovich film with Ryan and Tatum O'Neill, and it really felt, I mean, even then, it's a, it's actually you know quite a mature film for when I, I probably saw it when I was genuinely five or six. Yeah, well, um, she, well she was only what eight or something. Taking yeah, exactly. Her. But I really, really, really loved it, and it stuck with me. Um, it's still one of my all-time favorite films. I think. Yes. May I have a bottle of purple toilet water, please? That'll be twenty-five cents. There you go. Lady, you made a mistake. Huh? I give you $4.75. But I give you a $20 bill. Uh-uh. You give me a five. No, ma'am. It was a $20 bill. You give me a five, and I give you $4.75. It was a $20 bill. Got no 20s and with no fives. What's all the turmoil? What's going on here? This little girl gave me a $5 bill and I give her change. I give her a $20 bill. I know I did. It was a birthday present for Maya and Helen in Wichita. And she wrote, Happy Birthday Addie on the end of it. You just go look and see. That's it right there. That's my $20 bill I got for Maya and Helen in Wichita. Give the child a $20 bill. I'm giving it. Give the child her a $20 bill, Miss Brownwell. Yes, sir. And give her a piece of candy, Miss Brownwell. Yes, sir. And pay attention to things, Miss Brownwell. Yes, sir. Also, my dad used to take me to see crazy stuff, like so inappropriate. <laughs> a film called Grizzly comes to mind that I must have seen when I was sort of six or seven, which is a... That's a bear on the cover. Like a, yeah, bear like a it's nasty. like a horror yeah. slash. It's a sort of slasher film with a bear as the killer. And there, I remember, like, again, Scarred for Life, there's a scene where these hitchhikers get trapped under a waterfall and then the waterfall goes all bloody with the, the bear killing them. My dad, I, I watched that from under a seat, like poking my, my head up. So he took me to see crazy crazy things do you when you go to the cinema now or in when you live in the cinema now do you think of your dad every time the lights go down and the i think of my dad a lot because he's the reason i like i like films mm. i mean definitely we used to um and he also was a really early adopter of you know he got hbo he got cinemax he got a beta max player and then a vhs so we like movies were massive massive part of our, our lives oh that's good well is there a film that changed your life Either, either from watching it or, you know, that, 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 that change your way that you see the world or is there one that physically had a you know, career effect upon you? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's it sort of changed my life and also had a career effect on me seeing pink flamingos. Um, and again, I saw that um, as a young teenager, probably 12 or 13. And I had a, um, a best friend whose dad was also a movie freak. And I used to spend the night at her house and he'd make us grilled cheese sandwiches. We had a pullout sofa in their basement. It was one of those great shag 70s, shag pile carpet 70s basements. <laughs> like and American dens with the wood. It was an American den, exactly, like a split level house. And he'd make us grilled cheese sandwiches and then pop VHSs or betas, beta maxes. I'm not sure which ones. In and he made he we watched all of the John Waters early John Waters films and Pink Flamingos. Just like my brain just exploded. I'd never seen or or even like thought about anything like that before. And I remember I think then thinking or or it had some sort of you know chemical effect on me to make me think. Oh, I really want to seek out you know things from you know the the underground or avant-garde culture and sort of an expansion as sort of to an awareness of independent some cinema which of, i never and some never sort knew. of transgressive element yeah you know? absolutely some sort of pleasure that i was seeing something that i wasn't supposed to be seeing and that none of my friends knew about and i think that probably not only changed my taste in cinema or like exploded my taste in cinema but it also made me think eventually I'm sure that set me on the path to wanting to do what I do for a living as well. And for shouting out RuPaul at the top of the show and you're like this formative drag performance. Yeah, from yeah Divine absolutely. No, absolutely too. And as a queer person too, I mean, maybe that was also what I identified with in, in the film because I wasn't, I wasn't out then when I saw it. So maybe there was some sort of queer transgression about the whole thing too that I loved. Give me more questions. Divine, are you a lesbian? Yes, I have done everything. Does blood turn you on? It does more than turn me on, Mr. Vader. It makes me calm. And more than the sight of it, I love the taste of it. The taste of hot, freshly killed blood. Could you give us some of your political beliefs? Kill everyone now. Condone first-degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. Take whatever you like. Ugh. Yes. How's uh, this for a center spread? Oh, Ew. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Christ almighty. Okay, Divine, where will you go now? I'm sure you're aware that after the execution, you will be the subject of an extensive search. To another city to set up headquarters once again. Of course, I cannot reveal to you the exact location. Patience, Mr. Vader, patience. Another time, another story. Has John Waters been at the LFF? He must have been. Not in my time. I mean, I'm sure, I'm just trying to think because I've been coming to the festival or working on the festival in the early days. God, I really don't know. I mean, he did, the BFI did a major retrospective of his work in the in the early 2000s. I, I came to some of that as an audience member. I can't, I'm not sure. I mean, he must have been. You just get, he is, oh my God, what a man. Yeah. I mean, he's so interesting, yeah, isn't he? He's the best interview, he's the best yeah. ever. Well, get him over. Oh, you'll you'll okay. have fun at least. One of my questions is, what films did you watch for inspiration for your current project obviously about 500 films to put yeah. them together but i'm going to flip it for you in some way it, it, how, how does how do you watch the films 
throughout the year is there are you just always on the lookout like I'm going to have that one I'm going to have that one you're like kind of or is there a specific sort of right this is for me I'm going to plan my way yeah well I work it's you know it's not it's not just me it's a team of internally it's me um a senior programmer Michael Blythe and then we have three in-house programmers who all have you know are very great sort of general knowledge programmers but each one of them has their own specialist interest and then we work with 25 program advisors who have different sort of knowledge bases and and areas of expertise and so it's a it's a big conversation what we usually do from sort of January until uh sort of early summer is we don't invite very much at all I mean we basically we go to Sundance we go to Berlin we see work and we really only invite that work that feels like it you know it hits you so hard personally it has to have a really strong advocate um you have to feel like the festival is not going to be the same without that that piece of work so we we don't invite that many until later and then the later process is lots of invitations and viewing that we start to think about the overall shape of the program too a lot more then and we think you know what's our gender split what's our international split how many documentaries do we have we start to do put little filters on on the programming as well too and think about where things are going to play and which strand is there a massive and... sort of post-it board with well these days you know since the pandemic we're doing this digitally but yeah we did used to have this enormous like you know wall size um schedule with sort of stickers, colored stickers. And we've tried to replicate that in the digital world. We did quite a good job this year, I have to say, doing it. But um, yeah, it's shifted a little. Did you have a film poster when you were a teenager? Do you know, I, I'm not sure I did have a, I was mad music fan. So I had music posters all over my wall. No, I mean, I definitely have some now. What you got um, now? Well, so I've got two to um I've got three sort of movie references in in my house that all mean something a lot to me um I've got um Plein Soleil uh with uh, Alain Delon um in the gorgeous uh, in the in the in the frame is that I've him also on, got, is that him on the, sh- do, on the yeah exactly the when ship. he was like really sort of wet, sweaty and yeah wet. exactly and I love that poster. It's really, really beautiful. Film, and I've also got a, a huge French uh, distribution poster from Fame, Alan Parker's film, which I loved as a teenager. Another queer film. Look at me. Is so, it queer? It's, so it's everything. I it's it's queer, e- yeah. That's why it's everything. But I, I think, you know, it, maybe it was the queer teenager seeing and loving that. But it's musical as well, too, which, I, you know, I love it, love it, love it. And um, and then I also have some drawings from a, a couple of Todd Haynes films. Um, so some of the costumes, which I, I really love. They're, they're drawings? Yeah. Like they're, sketches? They're, yeah, yeah. So they're not, yes, but they're sort of backstage kind of, yeah. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. If I could give you the gift of time travel and you could visit any film set that where the scene is being shot or you can be there for the whole shoot if you want, or... And this is an extra one for you. If you could visit any film festival back in the day, where would you go? Hmm, that's such a hard question. I mean, I think, oh, film festival back in the day. I mean, I still um, like such a can sucker. I mean, when people say they don't like can film festival, I think, why do you work in the film industry? Because it's like heaven. It's like being a kid in a candy shop. Um, I mean, I love every second of it. I love everything about it. So I'd go to any Cannes Film Festival. I mean, it'd be great to go. I mean, still the glory days of the Cannes Film Festival, but it would be really brilliant to be there when the parties were at, 
you know, their height, I guess, in the 70s and 80s, yeah. massive, you know, huge parties around each film. Um, that'd be fun to do. Um, film set, I mean, this is sort of nerdy and obvious, but I think it'd be amazing to be on the original Star Wars set just because they were so ahead of their time in terms of effects and in creating this sort of magical illusion. It's like now when you watch it, you think, how, how, how the hell did they actually pull off mm. so so much so much of the design and the the physical effects in uh, particular in would you be in the desert would you be yeah yeah i think so i okay. think so if you if, yeah why not why not <laughs> some sandworms eat me <laughs> finish me off have you ever fallen in love at the movies trisha tuttle well do you know what right when i was first falling in love with my partner um we saw one of my favorite Wong Kar Wai films, Happy Together. Mm. Um, and it's such a it's such a beautiful love story because there aren't many love stories which are about the end of a romance. And it's just so touching and sexy. And, you know, I ju- it's one of his most beautiful films. Um, so probably fallen in love and then gone, like at the beginning of my relationship. I feel like that's, that's a, a sort of first early date that was like oh this could be a this could be a serious relationship a great choice of movie as well i mean you know you can run away to see is it iguazu falls in that it's just beautiful that that um, it's gorgeous yeah. waterfalls oh, again absolutely. the grizzly one that turned blood oh, red i know, and then this I know. One, i've right? got another waterfall for you as well too. oh really oh God, yeah great you usually well you 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 ask people on this show don't you um what movie set would they like to be in and i thought of a waterfall film right well go ahead then <laughs> Blue Lagoon. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliantly trashy. What was that, like 1981, 82? Um, Love it. It's fantastic. I need to see it again um, because I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. What's it? I mean, mean, Brooke Shield. Brooke Shield and the the other guy. (laughs) What was he called? Christopher Christopher Atkins? Is that his name? That, that's you know, it's very maybe. Good. She, I mean, maybe. she we remember. I don't know what happened to him. Brooke, well, Brooke, we remember. Yes. Brooke, we remember. But your but, hair is more like his, to be honest. He yeah, absolutely. Of... I've got a sort of seven. got a seventies Peter Frampton thing going on right now. <laughs> but no, I just thought you know, waterfalls, beach, right now in grey London. I'd quite happily be on that set. That's a really. great idea. It's my. It's the location. What's the What's the favourite film location? Is that one? Is the Is that that question? Is the Blue Lagoon? But that's a great answer. We're never getting off this. Island. Thanks to you. This is where we live. This is our home. Now and forever. No! I could never live here forever with just you. I don't even like you. You never used to laugh at me. You never used to have secrets you wouldn't tell me. Well, you're not so perfect either, Mr. Richard Lestrange. I've seen you playing with it. And I'll tell your father if he ever gets here. You! I hate you! You almost hit me! Take it back! Take back what you said! I've seen it all. What happens after you've been doing it a long time? Shut up! That isn't fair peeking. I don't peek on you. That's a lie. You're always staring at my puppies. Only because they look so funny. You know what you look like now, Em? You look like one of those pictures Patty had in his drawer. One of his hoochie-goochie girls. I do not. I do not. Hoochie-goochie, hoochie-goochie. Stop that, Richard, or I'll never talk to you again. Hoochie-goochie, hoochie-goochie. See him jiggle, wiggle, and shake. What's your favourite screen dance number or musical moment? Gosh, there are so many great ones. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Mine Air um, from Cabaret. I mean, it's just fabulous. It's so iconic and sexy and um, Liza's just really wonderful. Yeah, it's got to be that one. Oh, brilliant. But, but, my 
What's your favourite? Of all time, uh, Cool yeah. from West Side Story. Fair enough. But also the bit in um, Lawrence Fishburne uh, and the kid in... Um, what's the, the, the John Singleton? I don't think I've... Uh, the John Singleton film. Uh, it's it's uh, in the hood. Boys in the hood. Boys in the hood. Then they go on the day out and they and Lawrence Fishburne brings the kid home and they play uh, the five fair steps. Ooh, child. And they yeah. get home. And then they see, then he witnesses the murder. That's my favorite musical <clears throat> moment when they're driving, the dad and the son oh, are driving lovely. along. Can you sing it to me? Ooh, child, things <laughs> are going to get brighter. Jason, nice voice. <laughs> a little early. <laughs> Different career. <laughs> you know, it all goes tits up. Yeah, if uh, it all goes tits up, you can be a crooner. <laughs> Finally, Trisha Tuttle. This is going to be tough, but I'm interested. What's the, your favorite cinema in the world? Oh, now that is the meanest question because mm. there's so many fabulous, fabulous ones. So I, it doesn't, I'm sure it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but my favorite cinema goes back to my childhood. Um, it was called The Gym and it's in Kannapolis, North Carolina, little tiny sort of neon sign cinema, beautiful, you know, mezzanine and a downstairs. Um, it just, it d- defines my sort of childhood li- love of movies. So it, it, mythical that, you know, it, that's my favourite. Um, my current favourite cinema is, you know, I, I love the BFI South Bank, absolutely. Um, but I'd also give a massive shout out to Peckinplex. Um, and the reason I love Peckinplex, I mean, you know, sticky multiplex, your feet stick to the floor, you find somebody else's sort of gum you know, beside you in the cup holder, <laughs> all of that is is fine. But it really, really reminds me of the types of cinemas that don't exist anymore, you know, where you can see an independent film playing alongside the new blockbuster and loads of different audiences go to Peck and Plex yeah. and it's everything's five pounds and it's just the kind of cinema. I think, you know, we've made such a move in cinema and there's nothing against this and I love seeing things in a luxury environment, but we've slightly priced um, ordinary cinema goers out of it. And it's, you know, I'd love to see more um, cheap and cheerful uh, cinema going opportunities for people as well too. And that Peck and Plex is just, you know, it's, run by somebody who loves cinema and for uh, people and trying to you know make make us all fall in love with that experience of seeing a film in a screen with other people at the same time which is so magical i'm glad you mentioned falling in love because that's what it's all about for me what you do in the cinema what you're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks making london and i guess the rest of the world remember how much they love cinema it's going to be a really important festival and you're going to be brilliant at it trisha as you were i haven't seen any good films lately thank you lovely to see you thank you very much oh nice to see you too and see you at the festival see you at the festival lots in lots of outfits and it won't be me going you wore that on monday (laughs) Good, thank you. (laughs) Keep my secret safe.
Brilliant film choices from Trisha Tuttle. Wishing her the best for a wonderful edition of the London Film Festival. She's a terrific person and I think she's been an inspirational LFF boss in her three very difficult years so far. Such a calm yet engaging and stylish presence throughout and I really hope to see her around the place. I'll be bringing you some more visitors to the London Film Festival as it unfolds, as well as some of the films I've seen there. And I'll be back with the next episode featuring the creator of that show I was telling you about, Ridley Road, written by Sarah Soleimani. Look out for that in a few days. And in the meantime, enjoy the London Film Festival. If you're down there and see me, do come and say hi. And if you're off to see The Bond, don't forget to listen to our special Seen Any Bond Films Lately podcast. Thanks to my guests, Trisha Tuttle, Agnes O'Casey and to Kate Dawkins for putting it all together. See you soon. I'm playing out today with a 60s tune from Ridley Road. This is Alley Oop by the Hollywood Argyles. He rides through the jungle tearing limbs off of trees Knocking great big monsters dead on their knees The cats don't bug him cause they know better Cause he's a mean motor scooter and a bad go-getter